Yeah, I like the first couple episodes. So you guys are that's cool. I like I like the idea of analyzing a small amount of songs. Yeah, I do yeah. too. You know, we kind of just started with like, okay, first we did it on our phone, then we actually got a program for it. Now we're like, we're trying to get it, just evolve with it and get to it. We're like, all right, how do you fade something out? Okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, my buddy Ryan plays in this band called uh, Civil War Rust out of San Francisco that is super fucking good and uh, like very East Bay. But they, uh, the way that he does it is he actually like I, I did his podcast live and it, it's kind of cool. He and takes, yeah, I, I did you listen? To yeah, that? I listened to that one. It's cool. He takes one musician and just asks them about their entire life. Yeah, leading up to music. Yeah. So like, and I, I knew a lot about some of the stuff you were talking about because. Um, yeah, we're already recording, by the way. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, this is the third episode of Ryan Tyler's and Bears and Oh My, and we are with Rev from Success and his new band, The Drowns. Yeah, buddy. And uh, yeah, what podcast were you on before? Um, so it's called Alternative Discussion West, and um, my really good friend Ryan does it. And what I liked about that was that he actually, like, it, it's about music in a sense, but from, like, how the songwriter got there. Oh, yeah. And I kind of love that. You learn this whole backstory, like, up to someone making music. So it's a pretty cool take on it. But he, he actually plays everything and then fades it in and out, like, live style. Like, the songs would play and stuff. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. So everything's just being yeah. constantly recorded. But, and we're uh, trying to get to that point. I think we pretty much have it down. Yeah. Um, but, Rev, you're doing the drowns now. How did, uh, how did... It, how did the transition from success to the drowns happen, and what do you plan on doing? So, uh, I mean, I've been the guys in success. We well, we went to high school together. You know, they're yeah. some of my oldest best friends, and um, they uh, we I mean, we hit it hard for twelve years, and then they you know wanted to to move into having families, and so they're having multiple kids now, and yeah. uh, buying houses and stuff like that. <laughs> I wasn't quite. Uh, you know, shooting for that myself. Uh, and so after a while, we were getting fill-in guys for, like, our drummer who had a kid and stuff. And uh, it just became they needed to slow down and they needed to be dads, you know, because that's incredibly, incredibly important to us. Like, yeah. success is mission since day one, like, literally since day one. Like, the reason why we started that punk band was to be like, let's start a band where we are really great guys who happen to be in a good band. Yeah. You know? And so I that's... That. Yeah. It... it that we, we carried it through. I like I jokingly was just telling somebody the other day, a guy in a younger band reached out and was asking me like how we were able to to gain traction as a band and get people to listen to us and like, you know, get to the level to where we, we are and I was like we were a horrible band for eight years <laughs> who were really nice to literally everyone. Yeah, yeah. And then we wrote a good album, you know? Like, yeah. And I'll, I I you can definitely hear your guys' transition from everything before radio recovery yeah. to radio recovery yeah, exactly. and i like still still to this day like that's that's still on constant rotation for me oh, I, nice. I love that album and i think that's a good thing for a band because i'd like to think that most bands i like yeah you listen to their first stuff even the old bands from the 70s mm-hmm. onward you're like okay you know i'd see around the mid 80s this gets fucking good <laughs> there's some bands where it never does. <laughs> you know, so you know, we, were, we were in, me and my wife were in uh, 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 Sizzle Pie yesterday. Yeah. And uh, you said that with such joy in your voice. That place fucking rules, dude. It's so good. Customer service, too, is like stellar. Customer service is such a joke. <laughs> but uh, our buddy was bartending, and he uh, 
He had just he just got a Blitz tattoo. Nice. And so we're talking about Blitz and about how we're both like fans. And then he was like, "Have you heard their kind of gothy record?" Love it. And so I haven't Love listened to it. that at all. And Ooh. it's it was it was weird to think of the like Voice of a Generation era of that band, and then to hear that. Yeah. It was kind of like you know like. The Cure showed up randomly. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. And I was reading about it, and I don't even know. There was no transition to it. It's like they had New Age, which was cool new wave punk, you know, but a lot of bands in that era were doing that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this record comes out. What was the name of it? It's got the guy going Underground, up the Underground, I think? Mm. That's the song. Mm. Uh, but it's got like some guy going up a staircase. It looks like it's got even the, the font of it's like... It's just the vibe changed. Yeah, and yeah. it changed so starkly. And I don't even know how many original guys even did that. A lot of them left, I yeah. think. Or like, I mean, well, and they, I think they said their main influence for after um, after their initial run was just Killing Joke, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, and you can totally hear it. But I, I love that album. I love... I love, even if it's not even good, I love when you can hear a progression in a band. For sure. I mean, Seven yeah. Seconds did it best. Because, yeah, like, yeah. a lot of people hate New Wind. I, I love New Wind. Yeah, and yeah. That woman, it, it's funny for Seven Seconds, too, because they, I mean, like, they, I know, I agree. <laughs> hi, sweetie. I'll say hi to you. I'm sorry. Um, this is brought to you by Freya the dog, and she's excited now, because multiple people besides me and Ryan are here. Yeah. Um, the, uh. Seven seconds, I love too that they like grew their hair long. They kind of changed how they were dressing. Oh, like, yeah, you yeah. know. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but no, they, and seven seconds, they did a couple little like changes in evolution every now and then. But I mean, you have to, right? You have to like spice you, you, it up. You, you, tol- have to, you totally do. I feel like another, another thing that's never talked about is how boring doing one thing can get Dude, as a musician. Yeah. You know, you can write, and uh, I feel like it's cliche. Cliche, it, from my view, it's cliche to be like, I only like this sound of this band. I yeah, because it's like fuck you. There's no no you don't like <laughs> yeah. you know you just really want to be the one who likes that one yeah. style and like you talk about it. Yeah, the demo guy. It's like, yeah. Oh, I only like the demo. Mm-hmm. It's just like come the fuck on. Yeah, man. Like when people hate on me for liking Dear You, like I love that Jawbreaker record. Oh, and yeah. they're always like, oh no, I can't do. It. I'm like fuck you. You just <laughs> you read a blog somewhere by like people, noisy or something that said it was like. Well, when people hate that record. Yeah, <laughs> I love that album. That was like my breakup record for years. Well, and how are you the same age as me? I'm 33. Ah, uh, 34. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> older. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> but like. Th- I, I feel like we're just a little too young for original Jawbreaker. Like, yeah. so, like, everyone above me, like, there's, like, no, that's the best. That's the best, like, post-hardcore band. And me, yeah. I'm just, like, I, I don't necessarily get it all that much. I, I like it, yeah. but it's not something I love, love. Well, I just think, so we have, the bass player in success is my longtime good friend, Austin Jones. And Austin, uh, years ago, <clears throat> I would notice when we were on the road, Austin never strayed when talking about something that he enjoyed musically. Like, if there was a band, like, and this is 100% an example, but, like, let's say Austin was a huge Smash Mouth fan. Yeah. He wouldn't not tell you, you know? And Was he? No. <laughs> but, you know, just... I'm Poor just Smash to Mouth, dude. Something, something, like, extreme like that, he stuck to his guns. And I really admired that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't do that, especially in the social media age. It's Definitely. Like, nowadays, Definitely. it's so important to so many folks to talk about what they don't like yeah you know and i think i honest i honestly i was i was like that about 
five or six years ago. Yeah. And I was I was very negative towards a lot of stuff. And it was mm-hmm. it was very easy. Yeah. It was very easy yeah, just to be like, sure. like, what's that? Hate it. <laughs> hate it and I'll tell you why I hate it. And yeah. it was it was yeah. all it was all superficial stuff I hated. Yeah, and a lot of those people though, they have these convictions about these bands that then a year or two down the road, when someone tells them it's okay, then they change their mind on it completely. Oh, you know, yeah. so it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, are you guys all fans at all? Uh, for for all who? descendants, all like, uh, don't. so well, all years ago on uh, I think it's on Mass Nerder, the band all had a song called uh, "What Are You For?" Yeah, and I remember the chorus of that struck me really hard. It was like, "What are you for? Uh, why won't you tell me so? Quit giving me negative. What makes you want to live?" Yeah, and I was like, "Man, that's so true." Every fucking person I know right now is like, "What oh, don't like that?" Yeah, yeah. And it's like that's great. Like, yeah, I know what you don't like now. Like, do you just go through your entire day not liking things? Yeah, you know? and I want to say yeah. too with people like that, like that can only happen for a small amount of age. Like, if you start hating everything when you're get into your 30s, you're not going to have too many friends. Well, and I know, <laughs> dude, we know good people like this, especially oh, yeah. it coming up in like the skinhead oi kind of scene. Mm. Those guys don't change. Oh, and, and they're just, they're demo guys. They, they, only they like are demos. a whole scene <laughs> that is about a record performed on a tape recorder in a garage in Britain in 1979 and that's it. And they're like, let's listen to it again. Um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll get into... Uh, more success and drown stuff in a minute. We're gonna play Tyler's first song. Well, and now we, we originally picked these songs, right? Because this is like self-esteem well, we boosters. Well, we, we, picked, <laughs> we picked your song because we wanted to. We wanted to t- have an episode where we talked about stress and how we deal with it. Oh, yeah. And so Ty, Tyler didn't. I actually the, did what I was supposed to do and picked songs like that. Okay, so we, I mean, yeah, we don't need to get into that. We could just play the song. So we could argue about this all day. Uh, Do you want some backstory on this tune? <laughs> what what song is it? Uh, song? Is this the German one? Well, this it's up to you which one. Which yeah, one let's you're doing. do uh, the Commandantes. Okay. And it's the song is uh, "Halt Stan Rotz Madrid," and it's a Spanish Civil War tune. It was recorded a bunch of old folk singers and uh, various artists from the Spanish Civil War era. And this is a modern German punk band doing it. But uh, we've always I've always been into the. Uh, just the era of the Spanish Civil War. You've been into everything old. Well, and I find it intriguing though because it's like not to sound like a cheesy screenwriter. It's very, it's a romantic concept, and then it's very tragic because the good guys lost. Yes, you know, true. and so but the song's uplifting, and yeah, it just fucking kicks, dude. All right, let's play it. Seite zu sein, 
You want to explain a little more on that? Yeah, um, I will. So that song was written, uh, I can't tell you off the top of my head, the two guys that wrote it, uh, but they were German exiles because Spanish Civil War started in 1936, and that was written by members of the German battalion that were basically refugees from Germany because obviously if you were a leftist in Germany in 1936, you really couldn't be there. Um, and they, when there was a battalion that went over and fought in Spain uh, for the Republican side. And yeah, I wrote that song. It's just become sense. There's a lot of Spanish Civil War songs. Pete Seeger did a bunch of them. Well, and yeah. now, and we're since we're we're on the th- the theme that you continued with of stress and getting through all that stuff. How does how does that song? I that think that song. Been, I would. I'd like to say I was talking with my wife last night about this. I approach stress differently in music. Usually, sometimes songs will be sorrowful, but usually it's something uplifting. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be like a song about self-esteem or getting rid of stress anything like that any song that's about a subject like that especially knowing it had a bad ending but it still gives i don't know it gives inspiration yeah red do you listen do you listen to any music in foreign language at all yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> i'm a huge cabeller talk fan for recent stuff you ever listen to that band cabeller talks like a, a metal band that sings in norse no. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's like him. it's like heavy metal rock and roll. It's really good. You should check it out. Oh, um, sweet. Yeah. They're uh, they're they, it's all in Norse. And I read some interview where someone asked the singer if he would ever do an album in English, and he was like, "Why?" Oh, so I was like, "Exactly. That's yeah. exactly what you're supposed to say." Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I do. I mean, and there's a, like you know tons of like Viso and tons of like punk bands. Yeah, yeah. From different countries that just perfectly didn't matter that they sang in German. Right? Yeah. And I actually grew up in Germany. Like when I was a kid, I lived just outside of Frankfurt in a town called Hanau. And so the the German punk bands more than anything were really easy for me to latch on to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the the band that I love so much right now speaking another language is uh, Krim. Krim. Have you heard them? Mm-hmm. They're fucking phenomenal. It's they they speak in Catalonia or Catalonian. Oh yeah. And so even my my friend from Spain, he really couldn't even translate what they were saying because it's still just a different language. But I just know that Krim translates to crime. But they they are phenomenal. Nice. But uh, you're about to go on tour with the Drowns now. I am. Yeah. So so success. You know they those guys are were giving David and Austin time to be dads. Yeah. And, you know, get settled a little more. And I'm not to say that I'm not doing kind of a little bit of the same thing myself, you know. But um, the 
uh, one of my longtime best friends is Jake Margolis, who is the drummer for Shell Corporation. He was in Madcap back in the day. He was yeah. in Time Again. Um, he was in the Briggs. Yeah. And he filled in for success a bunch. And Jake called me a little while ago and was like, we have to do something. And it was perfect timing. That and, success was slowing yeah. down. And Shell Corporation is so legit. They're so good. <laughs> they're, they're, did you see that video they put out just a little while ago? Um, no, I just have their their latest album. And I it's play, great. And I played it, it's played so, it so much. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, Jan, the singer of that band's lyrics, are so, so fucking Well, and good. he sings with such conviction. Totally. Like he's, he's really uh, just very serious and like snarky in some of the ways he says mm. stuff. And I'm just like, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I dig it a that lot. Song where the, that song on the new record where the whole opening is him saying like things that people yeah. post from like the very like <laughs> yeah. uh, Republican right kind yeah. of mentality. Yeah. You know? He's just literally just emulating what he thinks they yeah. would sound like. I just want them to protest peacefully. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm a fact checker personally. <laughs> Let's just wait till all the facts are out before we jump to any conclusions, and then I'll still deny it all. I think but. we have to replace. Yeah, I think it's people have to like lose. I don't have any friends. I have to choose facts. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> facts that make me feel comfortable. Yeah. 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 But so I, I, uh, so I, I had some songs lying around, and I had some more. The thing is with success, success started just as a, a punk band, and we were figuring it out, and then. Um, even if you listen to some of the earlier stuff, you can probably hear the like kind of street punk influence of my songwriting, and then it kind of morphed into what we were all kind of vibing on in that band, and it became more of like very rock and rolly kind of yeah. stuff. And so I have these songs that were I don't want to say too hard for success, but were a little more like tougher and straightforward, like punk rock. Yeah. And so that stuff, I was just like, well, shit, let's just do this. And so Andy, who plays uh, organ and keys in success. Uh, he's an incredible bass player, and so I was just like, "Well, let's let's do this." And he's also got a great voice, so yeah, we uh, we just did those songs together, and we we went to Sacramento and recorded with my friend Pat um, at Earthtone Studios, and it came out fucking great. And it just every little bit we moved forward felt yeah. better and better and better. And then we lucked out and got some opportunities to go on tour with some good bands all right out of the gate. So yeah, we kind of cheated in that. Yeah, so. sloppy seconds. Yeah, and uh, no fun at all. Totally. And actually, one of the songs I chose, I chose that I sent you because of uh, the guitar player for No Fun at All used to be in 2.8. Awesome. Yeah. Sweden. Two, so I, I didn't I didn't download uh, oh, that's fine. Uh, yeah. SNFU, but I did download 2.8 because oh, I, okay. I loved that song. And that band is so good. They're so yeah. fucking good. But Friedrich is the guitar player No Fun at All. And their tour, their tour manager is Andreas, who did merch for Melancholin. And so, like, Success did two tours yeah. with Melancholin. And so I, those yeah. dudes basically kind of were like, they wanted me to guitar tech for that tour. And I, I was like, how about you don't pay me? I'll do it for free if you take my van on the road. So Oh, that's awesome. I kind of oh, just like dude. squeezed us in there. Cool. Kind of cool. cheated in a sense. Well, in that, um, saying that, let's play 2.8.
right, I think. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> well, I have a new band to like now, man. Yeah, <laughs> they're so good, man. Uh, the chorus. When I first heard of the chorus, I'm, I'm a big Hot Water Music fan. Oh, nice. And I saw I was like, this totally reminds me of them and Chuck Reagan. Oh, right. I think yeah. just the way, the, just the way the chorus breaks in. Mm. I, I, I loved the song when I heard it. Yeah, I think I think I'm, I'm obviously just a big fan of of Friedrich as a songwriter, the singer who was singing there, and as a guitar player. Um, but I also just kind of love the energy of that band. They have a lot of it's it's a lot of mid tempo. I'm a sucker for like you know the one man army kind of mid tempo yeah, swing yeah. and utters mid tempo yeah. punk rock, and um, they have a really classy take on it. Uh, when I was working on Radio Recovery with success, I was actually messaging Friedrich about guitar tones. Oh, really? And I was like, what did you do on this album? I was a, t- a total you were just asshole ner- like nerding like, out on what did you do on this? What did you do on this? On this solo, why did you do this? You know? Yeah. And like, did he did he have like definitive answers for you? And he was like, dude, I was just fucking told me his in. exact setup. He told me his exact setup awesome. to a C. Really? And, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I also like, so that like, uh, we talked about it just a little bit, but the, that whole Swedish kind of rock and roll and punk rock scene is all very incestuous. Obviously that's how I got the no fun at all stuff, you know? Yeah. It's all very incestuous. And the guitar tech for Melon Colin also works for the helicopters and he was in a band called the peep shows and i'm a big fan of his band the peep shows i know i'm like digging deep right here but so uh for the drown stuff i actually messaged him about guitar stuff because yeah. there's like two solos that i loved and he sent me he was nice enough to send me videos yeah. of him using the exact equipment from like 20 years ago that he used on this record and being like oh this is how i did it and like with the pedal setup and everything so oh that's awesome yeah would you that's do you know like were they where is he like conscious of what he was trying to do when he when he did that tone, or was he? Is it just like what he had? They do from the peep shows. Yeah. Oh, he knew exactly what he was doing. Oh, he was. It was fully calculated. Yeah. He's an incredible guitar player and a super sweet dude. But it was funny because he's like, oh, well, I ran like even he got super specific. It, this one solo tone I asked him about. He's like, I ran this wah pedal in front of this fuzz pedal on purpose because it sounds different, and then yeah. I ran it through this Fender basement, and I was like, oh, that's. So, so that's legit. Yeah. And I think that's the difference between like a lot of modern, you know, punk or punk type bands. Cause remember back in the day when we were young, we'd always trying to recreate sounds on our favorite, like obscure French oi records and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't until really talking to Kirk, our guitar player, where I realized it's like, okay, no, these guitar tones are just from severely bad equipment, yep. Yep. you know? And I had yep. that old PV amp, you know, and then I put the chorus on that. I'm like, oh. Okay, that's well, I remember how they too. Did like it. we went, yeah. we went to American Music, and he's like, "It sounds like he's playing through a bass amp. Like this isn't good." <laughs> yeah, and then I realized <laughs> that's what it was because there was no the certain band. There was no low end to the guitar, or no basically no peaks. You know, it was just static, but it had a tune. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I took it to the guy at American Music. He's like, "Yeah, he's either playing through like a tweeter or like a bad bass amp." And then I so I went home and plugged like my Fender into a bass amp yeah. and played. I'm like, oh. Funny, yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wall of sound. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Oh man. So you go, you're going on tour with Sloppy Seconds first, right? Yeah, on the West Coast. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, that was cool because our bass player Andy is a huge fan of that band. That's awesome. Yeah, he really, really, really likes. I mean, we had, we had a. Uh, I don't want to dig into it too much. But we had a. Uh, an incident where we opened for the Dead Boys recently, and that was yeah, yeah. one of Andy's favorite bands, and they were horrible people. Oh, yeah. And their management was... Okay, bad. now this is getting... 
This is a game. Game. I know, I know. You don't want to dig too deep, but I'm going to dig they a were, little deeper. No, they were just, they were very unprofessional and very rude to the venue. And, um, and that was it, the High Line, right? I think they actually, yeah, and then I think they actually shit-talked the High Line in Maximum Rock and Roll, is what I heard. Really? Yeah, and so it was just, a, it was, an, an, it, yeah. it, I, it would be me throwing their dirty laundry out there, yeah. but they was very rock star. How and, did they play? Poorly, because it was only, it was Cheetah Chrome and one other original member, and the rest were all guys younger than us from a uh, Dead Boys cover band in Los Angeles. See, so just started, if you even started with that sentence, I'm just like, fuck. Yeah, and like, I mean, I don't know, I, I get it, right? You're trying to continue something and you, you, you don't have any members anymore. Like, I get... I get that yeah. it's a hard puzzle well, to put but together. At that, but yeah, but at that point, you're you're doing it for the money. You took the yeah, century oh, for sure. over. Yeah. And, and, that, and, and, you know, that, that may have had something to do with what happened <laughs> that day. Um, but but what I was getting at was that uh, Andy was a huge Dead Boys fan, and they really let him down. And that obviously that happens all the time, you know? Yeah. Like, m- myself, you know, I've been fortunate enough to meet a lot of great people, but there's a lot of people I looked up to that I met who are total fucking We've assholes. had... Yeah, you should meet skinhead bands. <laughs> I, I, sure. I had a crash course in that, like, now it it, almost, it turned me into kind of what I am today, which I have to keep in check of, like, being cynical. Nothing, Nothing's cool. <laughs> yeah, my, you know, because I met heroes of mine, and then they're, like, just dirtbags. Yeah, You yeah. know, like, hey, you want to go do coke with me? Hey, man, your mom's hot. Hey, man. Like, all this, and I'm, like... Dude, <laughs> you know, my, my my wife, she's really smart about it, and there's definitely times where I could introduce her to people, and she's like, I don't know, yeah, you know, like, I kind of enjoy their music. Let's like leave it at that. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But so matter. so, uh, it, it I, I was able to get us on this Sloppy Seconds tour, and I'm stoked, and they seem great out of the gate. They've been really like open to helping and working with us, and they're just super. They seem good so far. Yeah, and so I'm kind of. I felt like, and in a Big Brother aspect, I wanted to get one to Andy. You know, like, oh yeah, because yeah. we got so shit on like <laughs> by that whole situation. He was so bumped. Yeah. Well, uh, the sloppy second seems so fun. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, if they're dicks, I'm gonna be really disappointed. You can't write a song about delivering pizza in 15 minutes, or you have to pay for it. <laughs> And not be awesome. I yeah. mean, that's my assumption out of the game. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm hoping for. Yeah. So you have to. Be well, and I feel like punk rock should be based in pizza delivery. Yeah, like that's what it is. We've always <laughs> talked about the pizza delivery voice. Where I've even listened to French punk bands speaking in French, and I'm like, funny, it's just a French pizza delivery guy. He's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, dog. <laughs> like, oh man, I'm sorry, I'm late, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's get into my my pick, which is Crusades uh, seventeen thirteen.
wild turkey and muscle milk. That's what they wanted because mm-hmm. they said it coats their throats. Muscle milk? What the yeah. fuck? Wild turkey and muscle milk is what they were drinking. Uh, Tyler brought up in the middle of this song, <laughs> Puddle of Mud. So Rev Rev had a good story about Puddle stuff. of Mud. Let's say muscle milk is involved in a... In a show ritual. Yeah. Uh, yeah they I would it. actually like to not hear about any other part and just leave it at that. Puddle <laughs> yeah. of mud, muscle milk, and wild turkey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> that's actually the name of the next rounds record is <laughs> Muscle Milk and Wild Turkey. Dot 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 bro. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was Crusades. They're they're a Canadian band. Uh Rev brought they they sounded like Propagandy a little and yeah later propaganda yeah, that, that song's a ripper though I actually uh, yeah so my, my good friend Lucas uh, Myhan he's uh, like a local comic book artist really great yeah. guy very involved in the music scene plays in a, a great surf band called the Delstroyers um, he introduced me to Chris Hayes a couple years ago they're one of his favorite bands yeah they're like the whole reason he's going to Fest in Gainesville this year and um, cause are they, they playing Fest yeah because I thought they were bro- broken up I think it's their last show nice or maybe maybe don't miss yeah. I can't be misquoted on that yeah, you know yeah. it might not be but I, I think it's at least one of the end ones yeah. that's why he's going and I was bummed that the fest schedule came out today and they're at the same time as Mets and I'm a huge Mets fan oh yeah so I get, didn't get to see Mets yesterday because uh, and on Alki because I'm or two days ago uh, Sub Pop the yeah, Sub Pop Festival yeah, yeah I've got to say for tour right now so I can't yeah I I'm also a huge I'm a huge two tone ska fan and yeah the singer of Hepcats like other band played the Columbia City Theater on Friday and I couldn't go see that oh, so man. yeah I was super bummed but that uh, song rips sorry yeah, yeah. oh good real uh, speaking speaking of propaganda I I listened to an interview with the lead singer of Comeback Kid last month mm-hmm. and it was cool to hear like how much propaganda means to punk kids in Canada yeah because yeah. apparently he he said um, the interviewer dropped that uh, the lead singer of propaganda thinks comeback kids like the best current band mm-hmm. and he was saying like it's like when I heard that that absolutely made the world to me like it's cool to know that like that's that's definitely Canada's punk band yeah is propaganda yeah no, I, I, really, I know that I can I can um, I know that feeling. I can relate to that. Like when someone you admire, like we just talked about to bring it full circle. Yeah. When someone you admire in the music world likes your stuff, that can be huge for you. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. It, uh, we, we, I've been fortunate, like I said, to, to meet a lot of great guys and I've gotten a lot of really good, like, you know, feedback and I've, I, I, I can say it's probably yeah. 75 to 25, the guys that have been great and guys that have been fuckers. 25% yeah. being not good people. So I've lucked out <laughs> a lot, you know? I remember on, on the on the podcast you did with your friend down in California, I remember you saying um, you got off the punk rock bowling stage mm-hmm. and uh, Pete Collar oh, from... Pete from Sick of It from All. Sick of It All, <laughs> which is, they're, they're like my... They're like my all-time favorite hardcore band because they were the first one I I listened to. So yeah. I, I listened to that part of your interview. And I was like, that'd be so cool. Him just running up to me like, your shit's real, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, like uh, you want a lift bra? <laughs> dude, he's and like where he's not that much taller than me. He's like a Carrie King like style guy. That's where he's not that much taller, but he's really wide and like strong yeah. looking. Yeah. You know. But instead of Carrie King actually in shape. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he just yelled. He just if for folks who haven't heard that story, he just screamed compliments at me for two minutes enough for our bass player to get worried, and then he walked off. And our bass player was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah." He just told me we were great, but really loud and angry. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You talk about like an old dude who's in fantastic shape. Yeah, 
Yeah, he doesn't talk about it as much as, like, John Joseph, but I'm sure, dude, he's, like, some type of Iron Man motherfucker. I know he trains, like, MMA and stuff. That that makes sense. Down in... God, we're... He lives in Daytona Beach, and he oh, looks. What? Yeah, yeah I love <laughs> like that. Ever, yeah, so yeah, like they, it's like the hardcore retirement plan. I know. That's awesome. I think he started it early. And see, I don't even know Florida geography. Like Daytona Beach is in relation to Fort Lauderdale. Where I don't fucking know. Dude. The dollhouse in Fort Lauderdale. Not loud. Dollhouse. Tyler, what was what's uh, your song? Well, again, I'm weird, so it's. Uh, it's totally something way different. It's Cisco Houston, old folk singer from the 40s to 60s, uh, passing through. Well, it's cool you got a folk because we're going to, after yours, um, we'll talk a little bit about it and then we'll play Rev's pick, which is um, Billy Bragg. Mm. Awesome. So this will transition well, actually. Yeah. I saw Adam leave the garden with an apple in his hand Now you're out, what are you gonna do? Plant my crops and pray for rain Think I'll raise a little cane I'm an orphan and I'm only passing through Passing through, passing through Sometimes happy, sometimes blue Glad that I ran into you Tell the people that you saw me passing through I saw Jesus on that cross on the hill called Calvary. Do you hate mankind for what they did to you? He said, speak of love, not hate. There's things to do, it's growing late. I have so little time and I'm just passing through. Passing through, passing through. Sometimes happy, sometimes blue. Glad that I ran into you. Tell the people that you saw me passing through. I shivered with George Washington at Valley Forge that day Why do your soldiers freeze here like they do? He said men will suffer, fight, even die for what is right Even though they know they're only passing through Passing through, oh passing through Sometimes happy, sometimes blue Glad that I ran into you Tell the people that you saw me passing through I was at Franklin Roosevelt's side just a while before he died. He said, one world must come out of World War II. Yankee, Russian, white or tan, Lord of man is just a man. We're all brothers and we're only passing through. Passing through, passing through. Sometimes happy, sometimes blue. Glad that I ran into you. Tell the people that you saw me passing through. Well, I rode with old Abe Lincoln on that train to Gettysburg. I asked him, what are we gonna do? He said, every man must be unconditionally free or there is no reason to be passing through. Passing through, oh, passing through. Sometimes happy, sometimes blue. Glad that I ran into you. Tell the people that you saw me passing through. I'm passing through, just passing through. Sometimes happy, sometimes blue, glad that I ran into you. Tell the people that you saw me passing through. So, should we do a little offshoot on who Cisco Houston is? We should. I also want to uh, touch on how how long you can listen to a single song on repeat. 
Oh well, that could be a, that could be a session in itself to talk about that. I have a weird way of listening to music and like how music speaks to me. Every and it's been like since childhood. I will find a band I really like a song. I'll usually click through well, back in the day the CD and find the song I like the most, and I will run it into the ground. That's such a specific thing. Oh, uh, and and it will just will go will go to that song for so long. Then I'll discover one more I like, and then just do that and. I have records where I like all the songs, but it will just be basically nowadays just with like driving and it will be a well, yeah, song a week yeah. usually. So yeah. Tyler, yeah, you used to live, what, like 30 miles away from work? Yeah, because I, I lived in North Seattle and for the last probably eight years of that, I would drive. I'd have to leave my house. Well, the Seattle traffic got progressively worse. I'd end up leaving towards the end there at like 3.10, 3.15 to get to work at 5. In Kent? In Kent, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I'd sit there and I'd have it on repeat, you know, because now on the phones I can just click it, you know, repeat one, you know, and it'll be just playing. <laughs> and it usually be sometimes one to two weeks. I don't know that I've ever done that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unless you know, I've been having to, like, learn guitar. Like, no, dude, it's a very specific thing. And it's been <laughs> all genres of music. Through all time periods, and well, it's like, like you know, lately it's been Rammstein's Links Two, Three, Four, and I have like, <laughs> as I like work because great music to work to, it, driving anytime. I'll then I'll come home and turn on YouTube because my wife would be like asleep on the couch watching like Home Improvement YouTube. <laughs> so I'll come on and I'm like Links Two, Three, Four, and then like start like get you know, eating you know and taking the dog out and still have it playing. Crazy. This way, you know how funny you know oh, how funny it is. But there's a lot of shit I do that's like that, and that's what I think <laughs> yeah. is funny about people is like it's the absurdities that people do. You know, their ticks or their yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, but yeah. What about Cisco Houston? So Cisco Houston, interesting guy, cool dude. I mean, that's a powerful song to me. I picked it as you know a song about a stress reliever because it's inspirational. But the whole idea being we're just passing through for a short time, um, and it goes from. You know what, the first uh, Adam in the Garden all the way to Franklin Roosevelt, which for the time the song was written was current. <laughs> um, and uh, just a really cool concept. I know Leonard Cohen covered it. It became more famous, you know, in like probably 70s or so. Yeah. Uh, but Cisco Houston, was he was active from, God, 1944 and died in 1961 in his early 40s. Um, and he was the guitar player... Woody Guthrie played guitar too, but he was the main guitarist for all the Woody Guthrie recordings you hear. Yeah. Uh, and they were a funny duo because everyone's seen Woody Guthrie, just a weird little yeah. curly-haired, strange little man. And <laughs> Cisco Houston is a guy that, like, somebody did. Somebody that knew him had a quote, and it said, a like, extremely good-looking man who hated being, like, photographed. And because I don't think he knew. He was just a folk, working-class guy but looked like Clark Gable from Gone with the Wind. That yeah. poor guy. And it was just so funny. It was like the butt chin. And they said he was near blind, so he they put him in movies, like small Hollywood movies, but he could barely function because he can't see hardly anything. Oh, I forgot. Anything. Yeah, you oh, told me. Wow. And, but it, like, the look is like the hair like this, uh, the tiny manicured Vincent Price mustache, and a <laughs> butt chin that is like a bullet hole. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you can like barely, you could floss it. That's like Clark Kent. It really is. Yeah. It really is. I'm like, I can't believe this was a real dude and not a dude that was into looking that or way. Like or like Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Oh, yeah absolutely. Yeah. What how many chicks he got and just like people turned fascist because of that. I don't even know. I don't even know, dude. Like there's usually they said he's like a shy, just nice dude. And uh, he'd go around the world. I think uh, Roosevelt had him 
do something for like the Library of Congress to do like American folk music throughout the world. He did that till he died. That's like, awesome. I think it was liver cancer at like age forty two or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, good dude and uh, overlooked in the folk thing, you know, because it's always Woody Guthrie, and then you go immediately to Bob Dylan and yeah. onward. It's a cool song. It has a very like Johnny Cash kind of like I'm just walking the guitar kind of absolutely. Vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, t- yeah, guitar never changed. Yeah, and I think he's one of the first guys. I'm sure he influenced Johnny Cash a lot because most of this stuff is, yeah, from 1940s. I couldn't find when this song was recorded, but he died in 61. This is probably, you know, either during World War II or right after. Good voice just to be the main guitar player for Woody Guthrie, too. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you, th- you think of his voice, I'm like, his voice is a lot... It's a more talented, you know, voice and perfected than Woody Guthrie's. Woody yeah. Guthrie was more like, all right now. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Uh, Riv, you want to talk about your Billy Bragg song? Sure. Um, I, I I was working at Art Core Studios, a tattoo shop in Georgetown, years ago, and I, I I had known who Billy Bragg was obviously through Rancid. I mean, yeah, that's how like I feel like a lot of kids my age they heard that in uh, and out come the wolves, the little Sammy was a punk rock. Like that. Yeah, uh, that they, they talk about his mom throwing away his Billy Bragg records, but so I I had heard a few songs. I never delve too much into it and I remember we were listening to KEXP and uh, this song came on and I was like what the fuck is this like I have to figure this yeah. out and then obviously it, it, it was just that like I didn't care who he was he could have been like some pompous dickhead with great hair you know who yeah. like that you know is uh, had nothing to do with punk rock or anything at all that I was into I just really enjoyed this one song I was like I need to know what yeah. this is when I found out it was Billy Bragg then I backtracked a bunch and I found like um uh, New England and like all these like yeah, different yeah. like incredible songs that he had done. Yeah. Uh, but this one by Stubbs Tears is the that's one so that, good that like that that broke me down the first time I heard it. Well, I Billy like, Bragg's fantastic. I was like, this song is absolutely incredible. Take down the Union Jack about being proud to be English but not what your country has done is such a fucking incredible and powerful song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's done. I mean, the, the tons of stuff that that were absolutely incredible, and even like his like eighty, like late eighties, early nineties kind of poppy record, like um, "Accident Waiting to Happen" and songs yeah. like that. Yeah, sexuality. When he got like the full band. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was it was even that I can I can enjoy and respect, but just him and a guitar and a piano on this track is the most sincere and beautiful thing to me. And I try to I try to keep. I actually covered this song solo a few times, and I, I like doing it. It's one of my favorite songs. But the dude's fucking lyrics are like it's like a transcript from like a uh, like uh, like a a, a a college like like book, a history book or something you know yeah. he's like touching all these different things and he's writing things in like Doctor Robert Oppenheimer's optimism fell like that line I would never fucking put that in a song because oh, yeah. I would just trip over it constantly, you know we're not British enough dude <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah we're. Yeah, we we identify too much with pizza delivery. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bry, the pizza delivery guy. <laughs> but I love Billy Bragg because I think he's kind of the, in modern age, the standard bearer like for Woody Guthrie and that angle of folk music. And I know he covers Woody all the time. You know, yeah. kind of introduces well, him to new audiences. Him and that band Waco found old yeah, yeah old Mer- Woody Mermaid Avenue. Yeah, old, they made they they found old uh, Woody Guthrie. Songs that had never been recorded. Well, they just did that one, Old Man Trump, all about Donald Trump's father. Yeah. And that song kicks because he's talking about, yeah, it's in like the 1930s or 40s in New York, and he's calling out Fred Trump as, you know, yeah. basic Klansman piece of shit, you know. Yeah. And uh, 
it's just amazing to see, I mean, the generational divide, and we're still at the same place. Yeah. He did a, a price of oil during uh, when George W. Bush was in office. Billy Bragg wrote his uncle, The Price of Oil, all about how he was upset that American soldiers were over dying for the profit of these like rich families, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, he just has a really great way of, of painting a picture and making you feel like you're in that picture and then giving it to you. Like, I feel like when you listen to Billy Bragg, you walk away feeling empowered just just by his lyrics you're like I understand you I know where you're coming from and I'm now stronger because I heard this <laughs> I absolutely yeah. agree and I, I think that is the wonder to me of folk music you know or whatever you want to call that you know it's the it gives you a sense it's to me it was always old punk rock to me you know and I think a lot of punk sort of came from that at least from our way of thinking and songwriting mm-hmm. and it, it paints a picture for you that doesn't have to get overly intellectual mm-hmm. you know it's almost on a street level um i always felt that about woody guthrie you can tell this guy's like from the backwoods and nowhere but he's gonna lay like facts down to you in a very folksy <laughs> yeah. mention some animal metaphors and then you go oh yeah i get it i get it yeah <laughs> Camelot for Jack and Jacqueline But on the Che Guevara Highway Filling up with gasoline Fidel Castro's brother spies A rich lady who's crying Over the luxury's disappointment So he walks over and he's trying To sympathise with her But he thinks that he should warn her That the third world is just around the corner the Soviet Union, a scientist is blinded by the resumption of nuclear testing and he is reminded that Dr. Robert Oppenheimer's optimism fell at the first hurdle. only noise I hear is the sound of someone stacking chairs and mopping up spilled beer and someone asking questions and basking in the light of the 15 fame-filled minutes of the fanzine writer. Mixing pop and politics He asks me what the use is I offer him embarrassment And my usual excuses While looking down the corridor Out to where the van is waiting I'm looking for the great leap forward Jumbo sales are all and pamphlets have been posted Even after closing time there's still parties to be hosted You can be active with the activists or sleeping with the sleepers While you're waiting for the great leap forward 
so much i mean god it's like they look like ball skin you yeah, know <laughs> yeah, i feel like if it, if it wasn't for skateboarding my brother wouldn't have been outside at all mm-hmm. luckily i got to him early yeah yeah <laughs> is that your only sibling i uh, know i have an older sister too oh yeah yeah she lives in minnesota my, my brother uh my brother rules he's super he's like super into reggae and it's been this really cool like uh thing for me like where i didn't i mean i pushed punk rock on him at a young age i was like you know like, we were playing old Tony Hawk Pro Skater games, and I was like, that's the Ramones. They're really, yeah, really good, yeah. you know? And, like, that kind of stuff. But he actually brought me back to more reggae and more, yeah. like, roots, like, really roots stuff. Sweet. Um, yeah, and we, we just shared in this, like, I, I didn't have to do anything, you know? We just kind of shared in this common ground over, like, a lot of reggae, and it's it's been really cool bringing it back, so... He's a great kid. He's a really good kid. Cool. No, that's funny because I pushed punk rock on my brother super early in obscure shit because, like, when he was really little, that's when I got into, like, Last Resort, Four Skins, and I was all about, like, yeah. oi and all this. So he learned – he was, like, taking drum lessons and learning that stuff. And it's funny today. And then he got all into hardcore and all this. And now as an adult, he considers that, like, that's his dad music. <laughs> so like we're like to him all these bands I'm like no dude you don't get these bands were fucking nuts yeah, yeah. and to him it's like you know like ACDC and the Eagles yeah. well if you like, look if you looked I mean well you said last resort like if you look at I mean that dude nowadays with his little glasses and his oh. like one beady on he's always wearing like wife beaters when he's not on yeah. stage looks like a dad like oh, oh yeah, yeah dad oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like no dude this is like some thug shit here you know <laughs> yeah. but to him it's just like he's listening to all the modern stuff but he still likes like occasionally he'll put on like even like black flag and stuff yeah and I'm like all right dude my brother got me into punk for like he he loved the misfits and like mm-hmm. i i thought like it was like oh like so i know the logo i knew the logo way before any other kid did so I kids know, wore shirts before they knew what the band was yeah and yeah. i remember seeing um, he had like a copy of The Stranger, and I would look through it, and I saw like the Misfits were coming. I was like, I was like, dude, are you gonna go see him? And he's like, he's like, fuck no. I was like, why not? They're your favorite band. Yeah. And then that's when I that's when I found out like pretty much the whole thing. It's like it's like that version of the Misfits. Oh, you mean the best version with Michael Graves on <laughs> the vocals, dude? I saw yeah. I saw them uh, I saw them with Michael Graves and Guar like back in the day in cool Seattle. to see Guar it'd be cool to see Guar yeah so yeah. The, the drummer for the Drowns is that's his favorite band 
Guar. Like he, awesome. if, if Jake is driving, Guar is on. Guar is and so really, good. Yeah, and and he'll like, man, I I wish. He's going to love that I'm about to say this, but I wish it was the opposite to where, like, I couldn't stand Guar now. But he really <laughs> opened my, like, mind to more Guar. And, yeah. and Zach Blair... So um, he likes them beyond the novelty. 100%. Well, that's what I like about Guar. Guar is surprisingly listenable. Oh, yeah. And that's what's funny about a band that looks like they do and yeah. does that. Uh, Zach, Zach Blair from Rise Against, who was also in Hagfish back in the day, Yeah, he played uh, guitar on two albums for Guar. Yeah. Like really metal stuff. He actually bought an old PV5150 from me because he was like, I need a shitty metal amp to play on this Guar album. <laughs> so I, I sent it to Austin and sold him my old amp. But... uh like even I had never listened to those albums. Zach's a good friend of mine, and uh, I never, you know, I was just like, whatever. That's Squire's medley stuff. It's so fucking good. That's awesome. It's just like and even if I, I get it, if you can't like get into the lyrics, I guess you know because it's <laughs> always pretty oh, goofy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I probably have it in there somewhere. This toilet earth. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for a, sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, sick of you. That song is so so good. Or uh, Sadama Go Go is fucking great. <laughs> And just the names. I can't even remember the rest of the Gorga, but just Odorous Arungus is so... Yeah. It's, yeah. The whole thing was so awesome. Balzac, the Jaws of Death. Yeah. yeah. And they did a great, great thing. That was sad with their singer. You know, I, yeah, I love that man. Yeah. And, and that was such a shitty way for him to go out. Which I, I heard, too, like, he was such a gnarly dude, even when it came to, like, taking care of business in a violent way. Well, yeah. And also, just, <laughs> I've seen him interview, too, and just a nice, like, well-spoken, like, smart guy. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, I know Jello Biafra spoke at it, uh, like, delivered the eulogy, I think. Dude, I hope if I died, dude, I could get Jello to speak there. That's I'll like, do it. I'll do it in a Jello voice. <laughs> this <laughs> man <laughs> was! <laughs> oh. oh, man. Uh, anything else you want to say about Billy Bragg besides that he's, he's just great? Great. No, I mean he's really influential for me. I like, I like. Um, great. He's, he's from folk, but I love the sim the simplisticness of just his voice and a guitar. Yeah, and you hear it in, in t tons of different incarnations. But then if you go on YouTube and you look up any video of him just playing by himself, that's a testament to a good songwriter. Is just him and a guitar, and that's it. Yeah, and you still are interested. Yeah, and that motherfucker did albums like that. You he know, did. which is I, crazy. I wonder how long it would take him to record like one of those albums. Like, is he just in, yeah. is he just in and out because it's just him? I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they press record and he just goes. You know, and, and yeah. even like really sad kind of somber songs like Man in the Iron Mask. Yeah. Like, I hate that I love that song because it's like <laughs> sad and slow as shit and very simple, but I still like, I will not skip that song at yeah. all. Yeah. He's, we were talking about like romanticizing things earlier, but like, yeah, he's, he's probably the king of that. Hey, pants it for you for sure. Yeah. Well, especially in history because he brings up, yeah, events. Well, yeah, we were talking about Spanish Civil War and other things. He covered the international and made his own version, you know. Yeah. And it really. He's kind of, yeah, I don't know. He's so obviously well-educated. Yeah. yeah, and he Wasn't brings it, it all home. It was right before Pete Seeger died, didn't he? Uh, he wanted to perform it with Billy Bragg, and but he told Billy Bragg, like, you have to sing the German lyrics. Oh, yeah. And Bi I guess Billy was just, like, shitting bricks. because he's, like, he's like, this is, like, my last idol who's alive. Yeah. <laughs> telling yeah. me to do something, and I'm... In a language I don't know. In a language I don't know. <laughs> so it was, it was like, you're like... Oh my God, Billy Bragg's human. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, you could see. I'm sure with Pete Seeger, dude, Billy Bragg would be super fanboy. I mean, that's oh, so yeah. that's that same thing we were talking about, right? It's like, how cool is that 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 was even an option for one of his idols? You know? Yeah. Like that's huge. That's so rad that like you know. 
And everything I've heard about Pete Seeger was he was just an awesome dude. Yeah. The same dude you see on camera, just a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, my my last pick is actually success because I couldn't play any drowns. Oh, it's all right. But it's... <laughs> <laughs> how how cringeworthy is is it for you to listen to yourself? or is it? Um, I, you know, I'm over it these days. Yeah. You know, I, I don't mind it. Um, my, my beautiful wife sitting over there has helped me so much with my, like... Like, I hate to say... This sounds so cliche but like my confidence issues as far as like hearing my own stuff oh. and being like no I'm a good songwriter and I wrote this good fucking song you know that's and badass nowadays I don't come have to, that yeah and, and you know what and, and a lot of guys have too much of it you know yeah, yeah. but um, these days I've, I've come to terms with that I feel like I'm, I'm confident in what I do and even though we can't play it currently, uh, this Drowns record I'm so proud of the work that I did on it yeah um, it was my easiest and most simple and funnest recording I've ever done. So, uh, success is is your baby for the most part, correct? I write everything, yeah. What's the difference between this and the drowns in that aspect? Is this more of a collective? So, in, in a sense, uh, when, so the, the way that I've kind of always done it, and, and not because I wanted to, but the only way I really know, is I always write a song almost completely done. Yeah. And then... I bring it in and I go, I have this idea for drums, I have this idea for bass, I have this idea for, you know, everybody else's parts. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, it's on that other artist to choose how much they want to uh, allow me to influence them or, you know, take their own route with it and and sometimes argue with me about it, you know, <laughs> or like, but just, you know, to talk to, I, I've been fortunate enough to play with guys who are great enough musicians in success and the yeah. Jones that I never have to worry you know, they're, they're great at what they do, and we have that trust already established. So with the Drowns, Andy actually wrote half the songs, and I wrote half the songs, and then we brought them to each other yeah. and then manicured them from there. So it's more of a collective in that sense that there are two songwriters in the Drowns. That's awesome. I dig yeah. that. Yeah. And it, uh, Jake Margolis is such a, an incredible fucking drummer that I... He has the resume. Uh, oh god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, he uh, he's played with fucking everybody. Yeah, and he, I, I I lucked out that he's a really good friend of mine because that the phone call from him is why that band started, and also because you know he like we said he was in Madcap, he was in Time Again, he was in the Briggs. He's also a huge street punk and oi fan, and that's where me and him saw a lot of um, similarities, Sim yeah, yeah. and so. It just was the next evolution for us to do something like that. And obviously, like, The Drown still has the rev twist on it, right? Like, it's positive as fuck. Yeah. It's trying to be motivating. It's trying to to it, keep the conversations in a direction, whether it's political or whether it's, like, religious, whatever it is, to keep the conversation in a direction that's not hateful to anyone, but hopefully inspiring positive, right? Because I can't, I don't know how to write about anything else. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's just kind of, like, what I aim for. Um, but it's still, it's... It's a little more straightforward, I feel like, the Drowns are. It's not as, like, um, there's not as much flair to it. It's more just, like, here it is. Here's what we're fucking saying. Yeah, you sound it. more raw, like, yeah, like a more a more raw rock and roll sound, maybe? I, you know what's really funny? I was, when we recorded with my friend Pat, um, he's from Sacramento. He's in a band called Bastards of Young that are really fucking good. Um, he's, he also like grew up with a lot of like, he was, uh, into a lot of like oi and street punk. So that yeah, helped yeah. out. But I actually sent him clips from evil conduct and I was like, these guitar tones are so rad for what I want to do. And so it was like, you know, I was sending what, evil conduct. What evil con too. like original evil conduct or, uh, like, or like the, king of kings? Yeah. Uh, working class, he, uh, uh, 
Heroes, like yeah, that that song, and uh, what was the uh, this old tattoo, like those songs, yeah, specifically guitar stuff. I was like, the tones yeah. of these guitars are yeah. really. They're such play. a clean fucking band. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Like, there's no when you hear Evil Conduct, it's so crisp. Yeah. yeah, and that dude, even that dude's his accent, even is like, I'm. It's almost perfect. It's like a perfect kind of like street punk oi accent to be singing it. Oh like, yeah, oh, like the way yeah. that he kind of like chippers through everything. Is, yeah, is yeah. so fucking rad. Yeah, um, that's cool, man. Let's uh, let's listen to Believe In because I don't think Tyler's heard it. And then uh, oh, here comes a judgment. We can we can talk about it. We can put it on repeat. Songwriter, songwriter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
about it or something. Like, I came across it. I don't remember how I came across it. Maybe it was on Spotify or something. Yeah. But I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. This, fuck, this is Ryan's band. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I was like, what a bonus that they're really good. <laughs> there, there was a dude. I, I shared I shared a song at work with a dude. And, like, we work. I have, like, a, a more labor job. So when it comes to kind of, like, rednecks and their friends' bands, he was like, dude, I was going to hear something bad. So you guys are like uh, an actual band. I'm like, thank God. Thank God someone like can tell me that. Well, because our music is listenable for guys that like just rock music or yeah. whatever. Because I, yeah, we bo- used to both work for the Parks Department in the city of Kent. And these guys are like, you guys are in a band? Oh my God. And like, these are dudes that listen to Puddle of Mud. Yeah, stuff I, like I, worked, that. I worked for the Federal yeah, Way They were probably getting for like the wild for the, for the muscle melt. The muscle wild tea. <laughs> yeah, and everything. And little did they know, Wild T was working with them, dude. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so they thought we were like enigmas because we're not into baseball. Yeah. They were all baseball guys. Mm. So they thought we were weird. We're up and fucking from Seattle, you know. But they loved us, and they're like, "Dude, these guys are like rock stars, man." Yeah, it's you funny. Know, how, like, it's funny how that works, right? Like, I, I you know, I've gotten, especially with how much I tour, I get that association all the time. And being from Enumclaw, I'll have like people from back in the day reach out and be like, "You know, you fucking did it," and I'm like. Rad, can I borrow like a hundred bucks? I'm sure I'm at this month. Oh, know? totally. Well, what I love knowing is that there's guys from Edomclaw like you. <laughs> the guys I work with, and it's no disrespect to Edomclaw, yeah, but a lot of the guys that are from the claw that I work with oh, you're, are, I mean, it is full on just like... You're not surprising me with this guy. Oh, and he's like, he's like, I'm like, how was your how was your weekend, Brian? He's like, great, man. I caught myself an elk that was, you know, fucking blah, blah, blah. I'm like... Cool, dude. <laughs> you know, yeah. I can't really carry this. Yeah, like red, like instant regret of asking that question. Yeah, it's cool. I like spending time with my family. I like shooting. He's like, I yeah. love water sports. <laughs> I love. No, yeah, but when, you, when taking the skidoo out, on yeah, Lake exactly. Sawyer. Yeah, that's totally what it is, man. Lake taps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this could probably relate, but like. Um, I know you you are trying to do like kind of a, like a solo rock project maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what, man? Like that's I've struggled with it for so long. Like to like I was just saying that Tammy helped me with my confidence in that. Yeah. Like a lot of stuff, you know. But I have you ever <sighs> recorded something that? Well, I guess probably with success you you do, but like it's all you. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like multiple. Yeah. This is the thing is I, I don't yeah. I don't like any of it. Oh. And right. that's the problem yeah. is like. I, I mean, we just played Billy Bragg, right? Like, yeah. maybe that's why, is that's what I see being what that should be. Yeah. And I don't think my stuff is anywhere near. And it's it's so funny because I go back and forth. And it's I, probably totally not true. I think Tammy probably uh, she's, she's She's nice about it, but I, I you know. I, Self-deprecation. To me, it's just not good enough yeah. yet. And, and I've recorded, I mean, years. This is yeah. 15 years of me doing this. I released two songs on a small EP years ago that I don't think are on the internet anymore. Yeah. Because of my own like <laughs> being like I, I, I don't like it. I don't think it was You had your uh, Al Jorgensen first first, first album. <laughs> oh, he's tried to erase from history, dude. Yeah, you remember when Greg Ginn was doing like industrial music back in the day? No. Greg Ginn had like a very drum machine y kind of like noisy oh, record. Awesome. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh there it's it just there are multiple friends of mine who own record labels who have offered to put out a solo record. Yeah. And I, I, I'm humbled and I want to one day, but it's 
probably not going to happen soon. <laughs> and I, every time I get a little bit of downtime or I write yeah. a song or two that I think would be good for it, it, it lights the fire a little bit more, but I don't know, man. Well, we were talking about Crucial Change's last album, and like half of that album started with me having like five songs, and I didn't have any lyrics to them. But it was going to be a side project to yours, it and was. I was just going to play bass on it. was, because we were probably not going to play. We weren't, we weren't thinking about doing Crucial Change anymore, but I had songs, and I was like... All right, if I don't record these, yeah. nothing will ever happen. So I just yeah. I talked Tyler into doing bass, and I was nervous as shit going into the studio because this was the first time where like I wrote all these songs musically with no no one else telling me what mm. to do. And I was I remember we got done at the studio and I got so shit faced afterwards because I was just so, <laughs> I was so nervous, and it was on a Sunday, so I had to work the next morning. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And I was at like my job for like three months, so I couldn't I couldn't call in sick at this point. Yeah. I I went to work so goddamn hungover. There's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to hide when you do something on your own like that. Yeah. It's, it's everything's yeah. out there. And I know? forget how it went, how it turned into just a crucial change. I think you asked me to write some lyrics for it. Yeah, no, it, it happened because you're like, dude, this sounds like crucial change. You want me? You're like, it's like, let's do it. And I was like, cool. I don't have to write lyrics or sing. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Let's, yeah. All right, let's it, do it's it. It's funny when I listen to those songs because I approached bass playing completely different on it. Because in our stuff, I like to, I always challenge myself to, you know, I don't know, be as Paul Simonon as possible and, you know, throw in a lot of different stuff. And on this, you know, I played lower down the bridge, try to do more simple stuff. Because I remember that's what you said you wanted to go for, not like the real out there sloppy all over the yeah, place, you yeah. know, bass. So it sounds a lot different. I think the stuff we're writing now, we're kind of back to writing together, you know, yeah. all the musical parts, that's you cool. know, all that. And, uh, I'm more excited about it, but I also love what we did. Yeah, you know, on that record. So, and on on believing you f- flew in a producer. We did, we, and we recorded it in Seattle at our studio, but we flew in Steve Risen from Toronto. Yeah. All right, yeah. and how did uh, how that connection happen, and how like how did how was that? How beneficial was that? So I, me and Toby from Red Scare talked about wanting to. Um, bring a producer in because uh, like we briefly discussed like the guys in success trust me wholeheartedly and that's a beautiful thing that I, I never ever would want to take for granted the, the fact that they did that is so fucking cool and uh, I'm appreciative of it but in that same respect like that trust wasn't ever questioned you know it was yeah. like they never were like oh well this might really suck if we do this you know like they were just like no rebel figure it out you know <laughs> and so uh, we we agreed that we wanted somebody to come in. Uh, our first talks were about, um, I forget the guy, his name escapes me, but the guy who did like Alkaline Trio and Lawrence Arms stuff yeah, in yeah. Chicago. And then we talked about Stephen Edgerton from The Descendants because I I love the stuff he did with Red City Radio and he, you know he's a good dude. And, yeah. Um, then, uh, but Steve Risen had come up and he was the guy who worked with the Flatliners on their early stuff. Um, he's the guy who like, no effects took the Flatlanders record that he produced into their studio and were like, make our record sound like this. <laughs> like, rather than yeah. hire Steve, they were just like, yeah. make our record sound like this. Yeah. Um, and so we, I basically like started talking to him and we gained a rapport. Yeah. And um, he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. Um, so we flew him to the studio with this dude, uh, Reese, who was this like crazy, spastic, off-the-wall younger guy. Yeah. Who was like his... Um, 
kind of the technician. He like edited all the drums and everything. And Reese was fucking crazy. He would like he was training for a marathon at the same time. So he'd wake up early, he'd go and run, then he'd kill two burritos from Chupacabra because that's like yeah, right where our studio was. And get like get the caloric intake that he just yeah, burnt off. Exactly. Nice, yeah. And then he would uh, uh, then he would like drink a bunch and party and smoke fuckloads of weed every night. And get more trash than everyone else, and then wake up and edit drums for like ten hours and just kill it. What a badass! Yeah, he's nuts. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, and so we brought him and Steven. They stayed on my couch for two weeks, and we recorded that record at our studio. And it was, uh, it was cool. I needed, I needed someone to tell me what to do differently. Yeah. But I also needed someone Canadian to do that because it wasn't a guy being like, "Fuck you, this sucks." Because that would instantly kill myself. Yeah, yeah. And get bad. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't record like that. A lot of people. I know have this uh, image that for punk for punk bands or aggressive music you need to be mad or you need to be into it you need to be fucking intense I don't I just don't work like that yeah I need someone to be like yo that wasn't great but you will get it let's do this you know yeah because that's also the music that I'm making it's like driving it's motivating you know and so Steve had this really great and I to say that I didn't get mad at him a few times, you know, yeah. was would be a lie. But he had this really great, very Canadian way of like, if a take sucked, <laughs> like let's say I'm doing like a vocal take, he'd be like, "Hey there, bud!" Like coming in my headphones, he'd be like, "Yeah, no, but that was uh, pretty good." But um, I'm sure you could probably do another one better. Just, just you know? in such the Canadian, yeah. passive aggressive way we think of him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you're just like, that's why I hired you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And he's a, still a good friend. I'm going to see him in Toronto on those um, yeah. No Fun At All. Do you, days. like, I feel like there's there's always such, so many bands, especially in, like, your, like, your circle of, of bands that, I, that I've heard, um, that it's just like, it's like, man, you guys have something so great if a producer could help you out. Yeah, you, you could maybe come out with a fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I, I think I think one thing is like it, it's just like finding a tattoo artist. It's like um, there's probably a lot of tattoo artists out there that could do pretty much what you want, but there's one that could kill it and you could talk to for three hours. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. And like that's the, the same way. It's like there's a lot of really incredible producers out there, but make sure that it's the right one. It's like you know you need to talk to them a yeah. lot. You need to like. You don't. The worst thing is, and I've done this before in past bands, where you, you you find a guy, he's got a great resume, and you work with him, and what you did sucks shit because you guys <laughs> had no rapport, and yeah. yeah, he didn't know where you were coming from, you didn't know where he was coming from, and that yeah. fucking sucks. And I and I understand if people try to shy away from producers because obviously you want you want your baby to sound like what you want it want it to do, but yeah, I mean there there is such there is such a good. In my last like couple years of of writing music and being in a band, I've I've now taken a notice to like producers' albums, and I'm like, man, like this producer would fit here. Perfectly. Yeah, in in the '90s, like Ryan Green was killing, like late '90s was killing all these punk rock records. Every like Me vs. Gimme Gimme's record, every No Effects record, Lagwagon record, all these records, Ten Foot Pole that sounded incredible. I was like. Holy fuck! It's this one guy. It's Ryan yeah. Green, like yeah, and he now does like huge pop records. Yeah, like Beyonce size pop. Records. Awesome. Well, even in the <laughs> um, even in like the screamo and pop punk emo scene, John Feldman did. Oh yeah, did, I yeah. mean he 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 built Warp Tours. Yeah. Uh, you know roster <laughs> yeah. for you know pretty much the second half of that. Yeah, that lifetime. I saw Goldfinger at Wild Waves when I was a kid. No way. It was like a 1077 the end thing. It was like I think it was them in the hives. I love oh, it. Wow. Wild Waves. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, uh, 
you uh, you looking? What are you looking forward to most on tour coming up? Um, not just hanging out with my dudes. Like obviously yeah. that's that's the on the forefront of my mind. I, I love both Andy and Jake, and we're taking our friend George on the road. I'm excited to hang with him and Johnny from Kids on Fire, a really cool, good local yeah. band. He's playing rhythm guitar because um, some other friends of mine said no. <laughs> uh, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, 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 no. It, I will say, as soon as you asked me, I looked at my vacation. <laughs> my vacation time is built up, and I was I that is built up, and I'm like, what can I do to do this? No, I had like a three people list. And it was you and Johnny, and one friend Ryan. That was it. Because that would have been cool, man. I will <laughs> say though, too, I have jammed with a dozen other people than Tyler. Yeah. I am not good at jamming with other people. It's fun. I get it. it is, yeah. it's well, you build weird. a rapport. Yeah. Well, we, we grew up together, and then like I taught Ryan how to play bass. It was Last Caress. I taught him how to play. Yeah, bass. that was the and, first song. That's yeah. funny. And so we we yeah we hardly know how to play with anyone. Else. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to um, take over guitar for that band uh, Land of Wolves. Oh, yeah, you yeah. know who they, yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. And I learned a couple of their songs, like more more my way of playing it. And then I, I jammed with them, like this this just ain't gonna work. I can't play. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I mean, I've been there too. Like, you know, these days I've I've just got so much. That's just sad. It's about to sound really egotistical, but I got so much ex- experience under my belt that like yeah, these days it it just comes with the territory. I'm yeah. pretty good at kind of maneuvering. Well, now and now you're filling in for me. And you're gonna go on tour with Western Settings, which is yeah, just fast. They are such a good band too, and great, and some of my best friends. Yeah, and, uh, that tour is with Decent Criminal too, and, and I yeah. like that band a lot. Their nice. new album's good. Um, no, I mean I'm I'm stoked to get the drowns to the road because I'm really proud of the material and like. We touched on in the beginning. I'm a huge street punk fan. Like I, Stiff Little Fingers is one of my favorite bands of yes, all time. Man. Anything from from that influence. I'm a huge. Obviously, I'm a huge Coxbar fan. I actually didn't uh, until you posted about them. I didn't listen extensively to the crack until you posted. The crack them. is so good. Yeah, and because yeah. I all I heard was more their Oi stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I was like and. They're another one of those old bands. They get they get played out with the OIC. Yeah, yeah. And all all you hear is Gang Warfare, which yeah. is a great song. Dude, my world though. Dude, like that. Yeah. That that's... first that first album you you showed me, I was like, this album is way better than yeah, everything else. Gang Warfare. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, that uh, I'm really excited to just be out playing that type of punk rock. You know, yeah. like I, we got, um, we're, the reviews are starting to come in right now yeah. for the new record since it's about to come out. Um, so far they've been great, which is rad. I'm actually waiting for one really bad one because I love that shit. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure it'll happen. Someone from like, it'll be like noisy or something. We'll be like, these guys trying to rehash Oh, old dude, eras. when, um, when Maximum <laughs> Rock and Roll uh, reviewed us. Oh, I, dude, they hated it. Yeah, and I... I wore it like a badge of honor. I yeah, like, you have to. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, you snobs. I'm so glad. We, yeah, we got this. Uh, the one of the first reviews for the Drowns said the perfect mix between Cox Bar and the Bouncing Souls. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I will take that I'll take, all day long. Do, yeah. I was like, keep throwing that my way because obviously they're two of my my favorite bands. But um, I'm just stoked to get out and be playing to that to like a new kind of. Success had its own following, you know, yeah. and the folks who are going to come along with me from success on this project, like listening to it, like I'm stoked to see who that is. Yeah. But I'm also stoked to just get out playing this type of punk rock yeah. and forge new relationships with I'm, folks. Yeah, and I'm glad you're doing a, another band that sounds different. Yeah, me too. It, it's, it's not just when, when 
lead singer is a band say they're doing something different and it's it's just the same exact sound. They're band again. Yeah. 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 You, the, uh, we played with, we, we did a tour with no album at all, you know, like, yeah. at, like earlier the, in the year. And um, it went really fucking well. And it like, we even played, um, we, we played Train in Vain on that tour. Nice. And it was, yeah, which is a great song, That's but it's awesome. such a dip in our in the set. Yeah. It was just like, all of a sudden, you know. Yeah. All of a sudden. And it went, it actually went over really, really well. And the last show was with Noise in Tacoma. Yeah. And Matt from Noises, a good friend of mine, was very like, this is, you got to keep doing this. Like, this is fucking good, man. That's awesome. Like, it was just, it, that that was I needed that to be like yes you're right let's push it <laughs> and like we already were moving but it, we is, just got, is that the tour you like you you re, you recorded some on that tour right yeah you, know, you went down we stopped in Sacramento recorded four songs five songs and then we uh, got a little bit of money after that tour and we were just like well fuck it let's just go, go record more yeah. especially because we booked four days to record and did it all in two awesome so yeah. unfortunately then you're just in Sacramento. Yeah, I, mean, I got <laughs> friends down there. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, no disrespect on yeah, no disrespect on Sacramento much, but I, I've I've heard it's just not that awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah whatever. Sacramento's yeah. all right, man. I could yeah. uh, I can think of a lot worse, worse cities yeah. Yeah, that aren't yeah. far from there. You know? Blythe, Blythe, California. <laughs> oh God, that's oh, that is rough. Blythe. Yeah, right on the border, of, like Nevada, yeah. dude. That place. No good. I will say that last time that we went down there to do those last couple songs to add to the album to make it a full length, uh, I did the drive back on my own, and that fucking sucked. It was like, you know, basically it took about 12 hours just like grinding and grinding through the middle of the night. And then I went to work that following day. Yeah, see, I don't know how you are. I have trouble with long distance driving and like sleep and i can be fully rested mm-hmm. and i'll still start fading out and usually when it's like really well it's probably when stuff, that that song on repeat finally gets <laughs> oh yeah that would put me to sleep less. <laughs> no i used to even get a drive to work like if it's a winter day and the sun's out or whatever i'll feel myself i'm like oh shit i'm here yeah yeah, yeah. i must have just went out for like 10 seconds I mean, i'm pretty conditioned at this point um i i you, you learn to change it up you learn to listen to Records you know and love, then you listen to records you don't know and you want to love, then you listen to podcasts. Yes. Then you listen to stand-up comedy. Yes. You know, like, Podcasts have probably saved drivers. Yeah. Well, on the subject of long-distance driving, we can make fun of me and repeats. This guy is the worst. I'm just the worst driver in general. No, this is what, no, but this is what he does. If ever there's long distance, when we toured, God, <laughs> California way back in like 06, he pulls this thing every time where it's, it's his turn to drive and he starts for maybe about... God, I don't even know if it's two fucking miles. <laughs> and he starts going, dude, I'm having trouble, man. I just can't. I'm like, I'm falling asleep. Okay, you know? it wasn't two miles. <laughs> <laughs> it's Can you take over? So then I take over the next 20 hours. Yeah. As he just like. <laughs> yeah, he's just like. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I'm not, I just want to be comfortable right now. Yeah, it's like, dude, it's a safety issue, dude. You know? I will say back when we were doing that drive, though, I wasn't drinking caffeine ever. Uh, so, you were just yeah. drinking. I mean, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta counteract. Yes, yes. Now, I mean, now I'm an adult, so obviously <laughs> I have caffeine in my blood. But, but uh, thanks for doing that. You're our first guest. I, I appreciate it, guys. You're, yeah, man. You're, uh, you're the bear you. of Ryan Tyler's and Bears. I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, dude. Yeah.